Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week we talk about the Overwatch League matches, the flash-off showdown, and the release of Echo into the main game. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week 11 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you're all doing well and staying self-isolated and not going to beaches, please. Please don't go to beaches or go bowling, even if your state opens up bowling. Um, We we don't need to go bowling right now. I'm sorry. Please don't go bowling. But anyway, how how have you been, Kevin? I've been doing okay. I've been uh, surviving. Been hopping on a lot of Overwatch games uh, before... You know, the inevitable Echo mains and one tricks hop into the competitive scene. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that and a lot of custom games with my friends. So uh-huh. um, I, I might touch upon that later uh, just for fun. But honestly, just trying to stay indoors, not go out yeah. as much, you know. Uh, and yeah, once as Matt said, don't, don't go to beaches, don't go bowling. It's fine. If you have the itch to bowl, uh, we sports is a thing <laughs> so so go and hop on that um how about you matt are you how are you doing uh it's it's been a busy week but also it was is this week your birthday or is it is it coming up did it happen or my birthday is this friday so oh, 24th. Okay. okay early happy birthday to you thank you um but yeah so my team the zomnics we played our first match um for competitive um, we joined late this season just because we've had a little bit of trouble trying to get um, a full roster for our team. But we finally we've solidified our roster and we played our first game against um, a team called Nevermore. And I think this was their seventh match. And um, we we may or not have been rolled. We weren't prepared for a, a more mobile comp. We weren't prepared for a Sombra pick. Um, and they ran Sombra a lot. And it just kept ruining my day as main tank. Um so that was that um but we'll come back from it It was our first match and um i think they they were a little bit higher than us i think they were a silver to platinum team and were a a bronze to gold team so um they had a good showing they played really well uh shout out to my team uh kitty mothman scary uh deadman drago I, I I know I'm forgetting somebody and I hate oh Diz, you're on our team too. Sorry. Um sorry if I forgot anybody else. I've been really busy and working all day. I'm sorry. Um feel free to yell at me next time we're on. Um Yeah, what else did I do this week? Oh, I, I, I did a thing where um so I was gonna this was gonna be the year that I tried doing stand up because why not? It was a new decade. And then, so I signed up for, to do it on a community talent thing where if you win that week, I mean that month, if you win for that month, you get $50 and you get to move on to the finale round at the end of the year for 500 and the coronavirus decreed that we can't do this in person. So the city decided, Hey, let's just do it virtually. So, um, I submitted a video of me doing um, a stand up bit and I got sub- selected to be part of this month's competition so um the voting's open on monday 420 and it's going till the 23rd so hopefully i get enough votes to win and if not 
I'll just keep submitting and bugging everybody as soon as I submit. It sounds like a really fun way to pass time, especially right now. Um, yeah, it it's just good to keep working on things like that. And then, uh, yeah, as, as for your team, like all, the first match is always one of the hardest matches. Not gonna lie, when when you're with a new crew and a new like, you know, you're playing on a professional level for the first time, it takes a lot of getting used to like, yeah, uh, call outs, how people act and react in game, um, and then just rolling with it um sometimes you will get teams where you're just completely destroyed um but like if you take a map win you're like okay yeah that's that's enough for me like or even if you get completely ruled you're just like let's look at the let's look at the vod review let's let's look at what we need to do better on the next right um it's always about improving and you could only go up uh the the more you play yeah i mean it happened. I, I just, I have, we had no idea how to counter the Sombra. We, we hadn't been playing against Sombras at all. Um, they pulled out the Genji and the Farah picks, and we just, we weren't ready for that because no one we'd been playing against in our, in our matches had been doing stuff like that. It's mostly been um, slow, kind of death bally or, or brawly metas. Occasionally we'd have a dive, but I mean, we were kind of prepared for that, just not the super mobile stuff. I will say that trying to do stand up without an audience is so hard. It's so hard. Yeah, I, I applaud all the late night hosts who are still doing like the, the cold opens or the uh, yeah the essentially like the weekly the you know the updates uh, through jokes. It, it's just really difficult. Like, um, like I watched John Oliver on HBO and he's doing it from like the void, right? And it's super like difficult. You have to deliver a joke and know that somebody else on the other side is laughing. Um, or hope, somebody or else hope is someone's it. laughing on the yeah. side, but you don't have that initial like reassurance of like, oh man, this is funny, um, and it, it is awkward. I, I do get that. It's kind of like watching Overwatch League now and not having like the crowd cheering or or heckling the other team. It's for me, it took a little bit to get used to. Um, the energy is kind of not there, and now it it kind of fell to a lot of the casters to keep that that banter and that energy up. I've noticed that a lot of them are a lot snarkier than they used to be. Yeah, sometimes you just have to be the entertainment and the crowd at the same time. Uh, we I get that a lot, especially um, if it's a LAN event where there's not a lot of people watching or you know that it's being broadcasted on Twitch. Sometimes like there's nobody who's willing to speak up or like be there as like a physical crowd. So sometimes you just have to be like, hey, man, that was a questionable pick or... Hey, that that didn't really work out in your favor there, uh, and you're allowed to get in there a little bit more because you have to kind of bring the vibe to the whole thing. Yeah. Anyways, so shall we move into the news of the week? Yep, I'm ready. Okay, so let's start this off with a a bit of a an uplifting story. Um, so. I don't know if any of you have been watching the kind of the in between things when Overwatch League is playing, um, but this was a story that they highlighted during the Chengdu Hunters and Guangzhou Charge um, match. They also have a story online, but uh, apparently there's a doctor in Wuhan, China. Um, she's not originally from Wuhan. She volunteered to go there at the beginning of the outbreak and just be one of the doctors on the ground helping people recover there. Um, her name is, uh, Weiwei. Like I said, she's been uh, a doctor in this area. She's been a doctor for a while. And there is a photo of her circling around that on the back of her, um, 
her medical outfit, she wrote "Heroes Never Die," and Blizzard took notice. And she's a very big fan of the Chengdu Hunters. So what they did was they were able to get into contact with her, and they set up a, a video call between uh, Jinmu and Ameng, and they gave her a bunch of free merchandise, which is is really cool. Um, personally, I always find these kind of things really weird, where like you'll there's a bunch of people doing this, the things that they need to do. Um, like there's a bunch of doctors in the area, but when companies single somebody out to give them a bunch of things, but for some reason, this one just kind of hits a little bit different for me that I think this is really, really cool. Um, just especially hearing her story, like she, like she didn't have to go to Wuhan, but she just felt that, um, it's the thing she had to do as a doctor. Um, one of the things that she said in an interview was, um, she, she's kind of, calling back to what Reinhardt says in his skit about he's called. So he has to answer mm-hmm. um, in her quote. She says, soldiers go to war, police catch criminals, firefighters fight fires. I'm a doctor and it's my duty. I should not run away from it. I have been called. So I must answer always. And like just reading that quote just gives me chills mm. because like, if you look at the risks that the medical community is, is going through right now, like they go in every day and and are on the front lines fighting this they could get this themselves and a lot of doctors have have also caught this a lot of police officers and firefighters or whatever have caught this and they're still just fighting every day so um this was just a really really cool thing for the community and a good way to recognize someone who's who's doing their best to to fight this yeah i'm really glad that like blizzard is highlighting some of the heroes in our everyday life um and on top of that like you know giving them the merch is really cool but like honestly honoring what they're doing is more important yeah Um, i'm glad that you know blizzard took the time uh to to do this and and honor some of the people who are putting their lives uh on the line every day if you guys haven't seen the video or read the story i do highly recommend it it's on the overwatch um and blizzard website um it's called heroes never die a story of courage hope and compassion her story is really, really cool. Um, it says here that she also like she'd been growing out her hair, and in order to to comply with all the rules and stuff, she had to cut it. Like a lot of people I know who had to do it, and it's just I don't know. I really applaud what she's doing, and I applaud Blizzard and the Chengdu Hunters for taking the time and, and recognizing her because a, a lot of the stories that we see on the news right now are are not the most positive. There's a lot of um negativity misinformation or just scary information coming out there and this is one of those stories that um can can really lift someone's spirits up so thank you to Weiwei. thank you to all of the um medical and and healthcare workers that are out there um all the essential workers who are who are doing all this work that need to do our best to keep our um our lives as normal as possible so hats off to you guys uh, th- this is a fun thing that I saw on tw- uh, Twitter. So the NYXL posted, swap an alt with another hero. What's the most OP result? And I'm having a very hard time deciding what would that be. Uh, swap an alt with another hero. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. Who, who synergizes well enough? Like, it doesn't, like... I feel like if you gave Arissa Earth Shatter, that'd be pretty scary. <laughs> uh, just because you have the pull already. Uh huh. 
Yeah. Um, you just can't move anywhere around the reason. You can't move. You, you just can't move. You're not allowed to go anywhere. Um, I could, I could also see that working with like, if sag, if Sigma had graviton surge it would be pretty scary too. Um, that one would also be, just make sense. He's just more versatile that way too. Um, I feel like, uh, well, that's a scary combo, but not necessarily like I mean, something OP. I'm thinking yeah. like if you put Bastion and gave him Bob or give gave Torbjorn to Bob. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's just bullet hell. Yeah, you're not making it out of there alive. I was trying to figure out like what what if you gave like you get, if you gave May like High Noon or something like that. Uh, but you need Blizzard first, and Blizzard yeah. is a strong, like, strong enough ult that you can give. Um, but yeah, it, it it would be pretty, pretty interesting to see what kind of kind of things come up here. What for you is the worst ult to play against? Hundred percent EMP. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I cannot, like. Especially as a tank main, like once you know that there's a somber in the game, you just cry. I'm just like, hey guys, I'm gonna get picked on all game unless you guys like watch the sombra. Yep. And they're like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's just sombra. And I'm like, bruh, it's it's me. Like, <laughs> I can't. What am I supposed to do? Turn my shield towards it? If I turn my shield towards it, you guys aren't getting shielded from the front, so it's on you. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty tough. Um, yeah, that was me this weekend. Just yeah. three rounds of being countered at every turn as the Reinhardt. Like half the time I would go to shatter, I get hacked out of my shatter. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like they time it perfectly too. Um, yeah. I would I would say that and also like um no Blizzard is pretty terrible to play into too. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's Cool if you have mobility or you're caught on the edge and you can kind of like get out, but once you're caught in Blizzard, you're you're pretty you're pretty much gone. For me, yeah, it's definitely the EMP is high on my list of I hate life right now ults. Um also Blizzard, also molten core, because it's like it's a more aggressive form, I think, of Blizzard. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't give you the slowing, but you could you could place it more aggressively and it does essentially the same thing where it's it's a zoning control um give widow tactical visor oh god (laughs) or give mccree tactical visor like he just body shots you every time still 75 damage but like you know insta lock yeah Um, that's that's a heavy fat slug or you know just give bastion tactical visor Okay, no, I think I'm feeling that's the OP one. Either give Bastion either tactical visor or give him like amp matrix or something. Yeah. Oh. What for you is like the worst alt combo that you've gone up against? Um it depends on the season and and the series cuz like back in the day it used to be Grav Dragon. It like Grav Dragon was pretty bad unless you had a Zen. Um, and then like, you know, having grav, I feel like anything with the grav first is like the worst, like you could have grav molten core, you could have grav dragon, you could have grav blizzard and like anything that you don't do, like you just get caught out and 
you're just held there like um it's just such a good initiating tool like if you use grav first on anything like they can't really run from it yeah um so you're just swinging away at them uh every time so that that's the thing that i'm thinking about it's just like so much um is just holding them in place like um i feel like emp shatter is another one that i have a lot obviously like i have personal experience of um is you get emp'd and then the shatter just goes right underneath you and you're like all right you know what like that that's fine i guess i guess i'm not playing the game right now <laughs> like like that one is one of the bigger ones where you're like you know it's coming like you're ult tracking the somber and you're ult tracking the the reinhardt and you're like mm-hmm, yep here it comes like that and i feel like it's going to be even scarier once uh echo comes into the main like the uh the competitive scene because oh yeah just imagine if you're you're sitting there you get emp shattered and then echo copies the downed reinhardt then in two seconds they have another shatter like and then in two more seconds another shatter yeah and another shatter you know it's just like it's a lot to think about and it's a lot of not like surviving during these things right for me in- instead of the grab it's the uh the blizzards like a, a blizzard yeah. flux or a blizzard molten core or a blizzard blade or a blizzard dragon like all, all the blizzard ones just really annoy me because a blizzard emp that's a really bad one yeah i remember back before they buffed the may thing where you can actually shield towards the what was snowball you could shield towards snowball and it wouldn't freeze you um that's what it used to be back in the day and then they're like oh well it's just so hard countered because people would just place a barrier right on it and nothing would happen um but at the same time i'm like man like it, it'd be really nice right now <laughs> to not get pooped on every single time that i want to take a fight you know yeah um and if anything it should chip away at the barrier but like I feel like that's only fair, but yeah, I I shouldn't be caught around a corner and then just like frozen the entire time. Uh, it's just not fun. I have to choose between going forward and fighting into four of them or backing up and getting frozen. Uh, it's not a, not a win-win in any way. Again, I just I just hate playing against Maze. I really do. Yeah, I feel that on a spiritual level. I was, <laughs> I, I, this is completely off topic, but speaking of May, um, I saw a post in one of the the Overwatch League Facebook pages that I, I watch, or not I watch, that I, I follow, and someone put, if you could, uh, if you could put the Doom Hunter against the Overwatch League roster, who would win? And then someone said, you don't need any, you don't need the entire Overwatch roster, you just need May because she's the devil. It's true. I feel like that's all you need. Like, what is Doom guy gonna do against Blizzard? You just throw it on the ground. You just like, oh, okay, like rip and tear. Yeah, I'm I'm just stuck. Just just re- use a blood punch. That that'll probably get you out of it. Yeah. Okay. So moving on. Um, China has worked its way back into our list of topics to talk about. Um, so. China apparently has been considering, I don't know if they're f- deciding on fully implementing it or if this is just 
something that they're kicking around, but they're considering banning online gaming, especially um, gaming that has the international matchmaking and chat capabilities. Um, so this is this is a very kind of roundabout way in how it affects Overwatch League. Um, initially, this was started because of Animal Crossing. Yep. I've, I've read it's because um, th- there was a Taiwanese gamer who put a lot of uh, free Taiwan and uh, free Hong Kong revolution and stuff on, on their page. Uh, 23-year-old activist named Joshua Wong. And so China saw that, not too happy with it, and now they've um, they've decided that this is not something that they can have because it's demeaning to their government and their practices. Um, China, in general, has a lot of very restrictive policies on media. Like, I know you're not really allowed to have a lot of things that have magic or um, witchcraft or stuff like that. Um, I, I know that there's they have a thing against zombies or... Um, they Things took down uh, Plague Inc. on the their app store because of the coronavirus and stuff. So um, that 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 begs the question a lot of how is this going to affect the league of Overwatch? Because uh, we do have four Chinese teams. Um, also, Tencent owns part of Blizzard, and Tencent's a Chinese company. Yeah, that's going to be a lot to to think about, not going to lie. Um with the ban initially was supposed to be against like, you know, online play um and just people playing with each other and chat in general. Um but those are essential parts of esports. Um and I know that they want to throw it out. They don't want, you know, they don't want pro democracy like speak and all that stuff, but it's pretty difficult to to know that like this is one of the very few things that like players and like people are bringing to your country um if you were to for example if you took out the online community play and stuff like that um not only will it affect you know overwatch it affects all of esports there um and that that pretty much just does one of two things it forces people to either leave um leave the country to go and play in a country that will allow them to play or like you're just gonna lose out on having that income that source of income um which honestly for china is one of the bigger pieces like like that's why chinese dota is one of the scariest like things to know like they're very good they're very good at dota um there's a reason why it's bounced back and forth for, you know, nine years between a Chinese team and a team that's from the West um, for almost a decade. Um, They're strong in in the way how they play their esports, And if they're taking away online play, they're destroying that culture. Um, That's really going to hurt them in the long run if they do decide to go through with it. Another thing that I'm questioning is, would a VPN be able to bypass this? Mm, that that is a very good question and i think honestly if you played on a pn then yeah you you should be able to to bypass this because they couldn't tell which country you're in um but at the same time like what if china bans vpns in general like if, if they do that then you really don't have a way of like getting out of the region other than to 
literally move out of the region. Um, and yeah, I feel like that that is going to hurt the way how a lot of players are going to think. They might want to move someplace else where they have that option to, or uh, yeah, they're they're just going to miss out on a lot. So say um, say this does go through, and it goes through with relative speed. So like within the next month or so, um, what does that do for the four teams that are currently located in China? Uh, I feel like there needs to be a relocation of sorts um, for players. Um, if you can, sure, go ahead, represent, you know, Shanghai, represent Chengdu and, you know, Hangzhou and Guangzhou. But at the same time, uh, you you have to understand that they have to play in like a different server. It might have to be like they have to play in Korea, but they represent, you know, the the team from china um but at the same time like at that point you might as well just call yourselves like a different name like um that's really just give another country or another city uh that team exactly uh shout out to the tokyo drifters you know i I want it to happen uh but yeah there needs to be a way out especially for the four chinese teams in overwatch league right now um and once again if they do take this down it's it's just a huge hit for them um and the rest of the teams are just going to have to find a new home um i honestly think relocation would be the right choice but if you know if they have to and like they do dissolve the teams i feel i hope that the players can find a new team to be on i'm wondering if record wise like since these four teams really they really haven't played too much out of their region. I think the only team that's really played against someone that's not those four is the, uh, it was the Titans who played against the Chinese teams. So thinking about that, I don't, I don't really think it would affect the standings too much of the other teams. Um, a lot of things would be have to moved around and some teams would move up in rank. But aside from that, I don't, if if we just had to exclude those Chinese teams because they wouldn't be able to to get out or relocate or or move fast enough, um, I I don't really think that the league would be too heavily impacted by that um, standings wise. I mean, it's it'd be decimating and hugely negative to lose that Chinese base and um, to lose those fans and and the eyeballs on that side of the world. Um, but as far as standings, I think the rest of the league would be able to function fine. Oh yeah. Uh, I feel like, yeah, if you took out the four teams, it really wouldn't affect the way how the standings work. Um, they have been kind of playing in their own bubble for a while, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't see that helping them at all. Um, but once again, uh, China, the Chinese government is the one that's going to make the, make the final call. Um, let's just hope that they, they don't cut off all of esports because it does, it will affect the way how the rest of the world sees them in the esports world. And it will force a lot of players to start moving, um, 
to a place that will accept that. So, uh, so for the, the contenders scene, um, yeah. So, um, one of the contenders players, uh, win 98 became the first female gamer to win, uh, a contenders title. She's on South American contenders team dignity. Uh, so yeah. And, and dignity and through this tournament has gone undefeated. They're number one place, uh, which is amazing. And congratulations to, to them having a female player on the league. I'm just kind of surprised and a bit upset that it's just now that we're getting a, a female gamer who's in, in that top ranked team in the in the contender circuit. Um, kind of, it's kind of like a Gaguri thing where it took us so long to get a female player, and we got Gaguri, and then it's kind of like what happens now? We don't see her play. Yeah, it could be one of those things, but honestly, like, I I don't want to say this in like a, a a negative vibe, but it's more like we haven't seen what South America is capable of, um, in terms of playing in a global like market. Um, South America does have a lot of really good talent. I'm not gonna lie. Um, their their teams play in a very different way that NA and like korea play so honestly i want to see you know congrats to team dignity i want them to you know I, I wish there was a gauntlet i wish there was honestly like a uh a full tournament that brought everybody together for you know contenders so we could at least see um you know the grand finals of that but it's it's interesting to 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 see this once again i do champion you know, female gamers. I want them to be in the league. I want there to be more integration. Um, but I want to see this on like a, you know, on a grand stage. I want them to prove the world, prove to the world like, hey, you know what? It's not just a boys club here. Um, there's a lot of female gamers out there who can, you know, take names. And that's just the way how I want to see it. Um, I hope that if they do make a team, um, once again, when World Cup comes around, um if you know when 98 gets on that team uh and and represents brazil uh that honestly be a really cool way of showing you know uh south america is ready to contend and ready to you know get eyes on them what is the south american style like it's very very divey honestly uh they they dive often, but they play in a way where it's more flank oriented. Um, it's not always like, oh yeah, full dive backline hit them hit them hard. It's sometimes it's, you know, we'll play with four down, we'll play it slow, and then behind the enemy line, you'll just see like, you know, um, you'll just see like a, what is it? You'll see like a pharmacy like wrapping all the way around the team, and you're like what what is going on here and meanwhile like while they're while their eyes are being drawn to you know the widow playing the long um and the ryan like the ryan diva or ryan zarya like slow game right this far is just playing from halfway across the map just hitting people and all it does is create two sight lines you either have to play the far or you play the widow um and both of them are scary so that that's just the way how south america plays they play in a really interesting way um and i'm really i want to see this kind of make its way over um but 
it is another like philosophy and mentality going into this kind of gameplay. Now, is their meta more like, do they have their own meta or do they have a, do they kind of follow what we're used to seeing or are they like more of the Asian teams have with their meta or how, how does it go with that way? Um, they do follow us a little bit more. It follows the U.S. and uh, North American Western styles of play. Um, but it, de- it really depends on the team. Um, but a lot of the teams do like to do like this really aggressive split, whether it is on attack or on defense. Um, we used to call this on, uh, at least in the college circuit, we call it 50-50. So what you do is you play like essentially you would do like pharmacy and winston and then you the, on the ground it would be um mccree reinhardt and lucio and what you do is half the team flanks behind them and you're like okay you know i gotta deal with you know the farah winston and mercy that's already in our back line meanwhile while they're looking at them the front line kind of walks up forward so now they're like okay i have to deal with the mccree i have to deal with either mccree or deal with the vara can't do you can't do both at the same time and that's just the best way to split them that's the way mm. how uh contenders in south america really works and it's really interesting to see that gameplay go down it's it's kind of the same way how like honestly like the chungdu hunters play but they yeah, I was they're more they're more of a displace than take out kind of thing um these guys are full split like you're never going to see a team the only time a team is fighting is six is when they are collapsing on their opponent. So it's forcing them to look in a billion different directions compared to the way how, you know, usual NA teams are just like, you know what, we push straight through. Maybe you'll have a flanker off to the side, and that's just one, right? Um, These guys will do a full 50-50 push where it's like, okay, so you'll have, like, Pharmacy and Diva, and then on the ground you have McCree, uh mccree ryan and lucio it's just like those kind of hard like we're here and when we need to fight we just collapse on different sides so it's kind of like a little bit of a more invested pincher technique that the hunters use yes it's very interesting um that that's why one of the very few things that you got to do is watch other regions play um like i understand that we want to see the players who we can, you know, gravitate towards just like, Oh, I want to be like super. I want to be like Sinatra. I want to be like, you know, space, all those guys. So you watch the NA region, but at the same time, like sometimes you just see a really weird meta. Like you see the clockwork vendetta meta, um, which back in the day was like running Torbjorn and Orisa. And you're like, what is going on? Um, it, it was just wonky uh, and weird. Um, but it worked. Another one was goats. When goats was initially like made, they're like, okay, why? Where's their damage? And then you just see, okay, well, they have the damage. They just have to play in your mouth, uh, and that's just the best way how they do it. Um, it. It's just interesting ways of learning how to stretch the limitations of this game. Um, so we will see how well Echo is going to change that, and if she is, which she will um but it's just you know how that's going to affect the rest of the game i'd really hope to see hopefully in future seasons an expansion into the south american market because 
that's one of the that's one of the places we haven't really tapped yet. We haven't tapped um we haven't really tapped Africa if there are some African teams there. We haven't tapped um a lot of the the more central Asian areas. We there's a lot of Europe that hasn't been pushed into yet. And then you've got all of all of Latin America. So I'd really hope that eventually we can see some established Overwatch presence there. Okay, here's another fun story that it just came up randomly as I was scrolling through the YouTubes. Um, let's see, I, I don't know exactly who this player is because I was too lazy to look up the full story, but there was an Overwatch player who calculated how much money D.Va wastes on mechs. Um, so D.Va is, a, a, I guess, a part of the South Korean military, their, their mecha force. And yeah, th- that costs money. That costs money to the taxpayers every single time that she, she uses a mech. So um, according to this person, or is it, was it the actual author who wrote this piece? It might be. Um, the person who wrote the piece is Michael Gwilliam. Um, and according to, according to this piece, um, I'm going to read it. Uh, I just did the math and assuming that the mech is made out of titanium, which would be the most reasonable assumption. Each mech would cost about um, one billion four hundred eighty-three million seven hundred sixty-nine, seven hundred ninety-six thousand two hundred dollars in U.S. money. I got this equation by adding the cost of a military-grade supercomputer, two flight control grips, two thrusters used for rockets, because anything less wouldn't be able to support the mech. Eighteen Tomahawk missiles. Six machine guns, three hundred pounds of titanium, and one billion more for the tech that would be needed to for the defense matrix to teleport a new mechanism in, and the countless man hours needed for this. Multiply that by eight as the average number of mech deaths per game, and you get eleven billion eight hundred seventy million three hundred sixty-nine thousand six hundred per game. I have no idea how the mechs got through any layer of government, let alone actually get made without the people realizing how screwed the average taxpayer is with these being rolled out. The only solution to this is to stop letting D.Va go on Overwatch missions and focus solely on fighting that big Omnic. I rest my case, Your Honor. I definitely see where they're coming from here. Like $11.8 billion per game is is a lot. Yeah, just save save the mechs for the, for the actual... You know, thing that's threatening Korea, uh, instead of you know, oh, we're 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 having fun at Gibraltar, <laughs> right? Like, no, no, it costs them way too much. Um, and yeah, well, you like consider... on Eichenwald, eleven billion dollars to go get the armor back. Yeah, exactly. Like, wh- who who greenlit this? Like, you might as well have made it out of cardboard. Like, that's honestly like just. The cardboard mech need that like yeah just we need that skin but like honestly <laughs> like this is this is a lot just be like budget build diva and it's literally like cardboard boxes couple of like soda rockets on the side uh i, I don't know for dm you, you're just gonna have to find something for that science fair <laughs> project diva yeah science fair project diva that's next skin for sure um but yeah honestly i uh, this is way too much money if they were to actually roll this out uh and this is also why we don't have mecha suits in real life uh no one would be able to afford it and like how many do they have on reserve at least one uh according to the short so 
they're making at least one of them off to the side but yeah it, it would it's a it's a stupid amount of money yeah, this is yeah that's just that's not the most effective way to uh to defend your country um i understand that omnics are an advanced technology but like you, you could probably find something that's a little bit less expensive for the taxpayers um okay so the last thing that i have is um I don't know if you guys heard about this because I didn't hear about it until I started watching the owl matches this week, but um, there was a a tournament that was, it's an open league tournament, um, open division that it was called the, hold on. I wrote it down. Um, ah, Flash ops echo showdown one or. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there was the echo showdown tournament. And uh, so the, the pretty much the rules for this were uh, every team has to have Echo going at all times. You can only have two contenders players playing, and it's it was a best of five tournament. Uh, you start on one map, and the loser gets to pick the next map, best of five. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to see how the the different players were using Echo. Um, we can probably talk about this more in the the gameplay segment, but. Um, in general, my observation—I didn't watch these like too critically. I was just kind of seeing how they use the echoes mainly. Um, but it was fun seeing like a lot of old professionals and um, a lot of the contenders players take on Echo. Uh, really loved seeing Dante use the hero, just a master class in how strong she is on her own. Um, <laughs> I think it was funny that someone pointed out that. Um, some of these people are either on contenders or they're not even on a contenders team and they've still got more uh, screen time on the actual Overwatch channel than Chipsa. I mean, it's true. I mean, we haven't seen Chipsa ever. Uh, he, he hasn't played in a single Philly match. Uh, I don't see why they would play him because, you know, the team is really solid as it is. Um, there's just nothing going on at least for chips to, to even like find a spot there um he's got to really compete for his spot and also uh if anything to come out of this echo tournament is to just see how the pros handle echo um yeah th- there's a lot to learn about the way how she works and even though i know they nerfed her from ptr she is still really really strong and it's uh, as as a tank player, honestly, I consider Echo to be like the next Sombra. Oh yeah, just huge bursting ability on that. The the that laser plus the sticky bombs, it's just it's disgusting how much power she has. Plus the ability to go and copy and get your ult at six hundred fifty times your normal rate, that's huge. Yeah, I'm not about getting bursted down by a beam uh, when I'm under half HP, okay? Like, 100, it's, I believe the number is 200 HP per second when you're under 50%. Uh, as a Reinhardt, that is not fun. Like, they they see, oh, wait, you're you're below half HP? Well, and you're dead. Like, you can't you can't even run from that. You're, you're just dead. You just take the L. Like... Yeah, sure, you could hold up your shield, but what's what's the shield gonna do when the echo is hovering right above you? Are you gonna you're gonna shield the sky now? 
uh it's not it doesn't work like that I, i'm just getting taken out every single time and it's honestly like it's pretty difficult to play right now i'm really glad that like a lot of people are deciding to hold off on echo and like give us more time to <clears throat> to get used to her before she's on competitive because then i think just competitive would get a lot messier with a lot of people trying to to master echo so i mean we're not we're not getting her next week either she's she's she was officially eligible to be a part of the league but she got the ban um i'm guessing because uh probably a lot of people on comp are using her and that's driving up the rates um i don't know if the uh the echo matches that happened this weekend for the the tournament were counted into that i, I don't think they should be but yeah we're gonna have to wait another week for echo to be in competitive um and in the league but i think that we will be a lot better for it in at least in the league games um i definitely expect to see her because of just how much utility she has and how much strong she is it's just not yet i think a little bit more time for the pros to get used to handling her and and then we should be good yeah and echo is one of those characters where you have to be really smart about what you take uh oh yeah it's a very technical hero it's very technical uh this is what we called the flex god hero like um there used to be a term back in the day when you know there was no hero limits in competitive uh where <laughs> We would just be like, oh, he's a flex god. He could do whatever he needs. So, like, literally during times where you would need it, you would just be like, all right, yeah, this person goes from DPS to to support, and now you have three supports, and you're going to push this. Or, um, oh, wait, this person's playing support right now. Let's swap them, let's swap them over to Widowmaker for two rounds and see what happens. Um, but, yeah, it, this is, like, the flex god's, like, hero now you can be like oh well we don't we we need a tank right now all right just copy the rhine let's copy the let's copy the hog uh yeah it's just really difficult um and crazy honestly what was your what was your biggest takeaway from just watching the echo play this weekend um as, as a tank player i know that i am not picking diva uh 100 <laughs> percent do not do not pick diva into a into an echo it, it's asking to lose um i'm not saying that as a joke either it's like they could get up to two or three self-destructs in a matter of 15 seconds it is like just getting ran over all the time um and you know beam farms your mech uh your tiny body essentially if if she beams your mech when you're below 50 percent right you lose your mech. She throws sticky bombs right on top of the mech as it's self-destructing. You're dead. Like you have no option, and you just gave her like like 30 percent ult right there. So it's just things like that that you got to take into consideration. Um, even as Roadhog, like Roadhog is one of the characters where I'm like, he should be good, but if you copy somebody and you don't like. Like, you could hook Echo out of the sky, yes. You could control Echo pretty well. But the rest of the team has to be on board to, to shut down the Echo during that fight. Um, I feel like, honestly, uh, once again, Ryan is a really good pick. Um, but you have to play the Ryan. It's a necessary evil here. Um, but I feel like if you are playing against the uh, the Echo, 
maybe it's okay to pick up the Zarya. Like, Zarya is going to be one of those characters where, like, if they copy you, they're just like, I can't get a lot of energy here. They might not get ult. Uh, and even if they do get grab, like, it's fine. It doesn't last longer than Echo herself, so you'll be okay. So that's kind of like a spite pick. Yeah, I feel like that's the that's the way to go, honestly. Like you if you're let's say if your Reinhardt is out in the open, right now what we know is that uh you cannot copy, you cannot duplicate through barriers, right? So if you have the bubble pick and you know that they want to take your Rhin, whenever he drops shield and whenever you see Echo, you just put a bubble on him. Like it denies it denies the the duplicate. So We'll we'll see how that plays into it. I think the thing that I learned or realized after doing this is that the Sigma pick, if you're an Echo and duplicating, is huge because once you get that flux, that cuts everybody's health down to at least the fifty percent mark, then laser everybody down and they're dead. So. Yeah, you, you have to get it quick enough and use it quick enough to end the animation before you get out of it. Um, yeah. Like we said, but, like we said, technical, a very technical hero. You have to be able to execute very well. But if you're at that level with Sigma, then yeah. that's a huge opportunity if the other team is running a Sigma. Anything else we want to talk about? Anything you've got, Kevin? Uh not trying not after diving super deeply into the echo matches. Uh we we can talk about it in more detail when we get to the gameplay thing, but uh just want to say uh, shout out to V Flight. You got the first uh, day of this Flash Ops thing down for us for the NA matches. So uh, thank him. Shout out he, to V Flight. Yeah, he he's just chilling right now. Um, we we play games every night. Um, I guess the only thing that I want to touch on is um, the Overwatch League or not the league, the uh, just a client using uh, custom games honestly, to hang out with friends that way. Um, I do keep in touch with all of the Art Ruby teammates um, who are willing to be social and are like down to chat and hang out. Um, we've done the new Slenderman mode. Um, Ooh, where I haven't done that. It's very spooky. Uh, it's the first time ever that I'm actually afraid of Reaper. Um, but the way how it works is, you know, same way as old Slenderman, you have to gather eight pages, right? Um, but if Reaper gets close to you, your screen starts shaking. And then if you get too close to him, he starts flashing in front of your screen. Um, and you have that for about four minutes or so. And then after four minutes, you start going insane and he will almost start teleporting on top of you whenever he gets the opportunity. And, uh, if he touches you, you're dead. So that's freaky. It it is pretty spooky. Um, the maps have like constant fog, so it's hard to see through anything. Um, it's even scarier on you know Halloween themed maps like Eichenwald and Hollywood. Um, but yeah, I do recommend playing that with a bunch of friends. It's it's really easy. Um, and then one of the other modes that we've been playing, uh, which is really hilarious, it's like uh, it's the equivalent of like the Reinhardt Death Room, where essentially everybody's a soldier. And there's one Reinhardt who's trying to pin everybody. Um, is it the Thomas the Tank Engine one? It is the Thomas the Tank Engine one. I've been doing that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> like, 
Um, and yeah, we, we've kind of developed a certain meta in that where you start like, you know, jump hopping, uh, un- make your, uh, essentially your cursor sensitivity like way high. And it's like playing Russian roulette uh, <laughs> where everybody stands still and then you just see, you know, the train start barreling at you and you're like, all right, <laughs> that's just, that's me, I guess. So yeah, it, it's pretty fun. Um, I recommend if you guys have friends in Overwatch, uh, look up some, look up some custom games that you guys could play. Um, it will keep you entertained for the for the most part. I think the last thing for me is I realized who I forgot to shout out at the beginning. Um, Nick Snacks, uh, sorry for not shouting you out, my fellow tank. Um, feel free to yell at me if you listen to this when we next play. Um, I, I, I deserve it. Um, but aside from that uh, thanks for listening to this week's news episode take a listen to our gameplay segment where we're going to look at uh, the Echo Community Showdown in more depth as well as the the really weird four days of Overwatch League that we had this week um, that I guess is not continuing next week which is back to two days but uh, we'll get into that later um, stay safe guys have, have a, a good week and stay inside wash your hands don't touch your face Next week, we watch the 10 matches for the Overwatch League, and Echo joins the competitive scene. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms, and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.